on today's episode of Locked on Canucks. Brock Besser will be in Vancouver for another three years. It is draft week, so we're going to be going into depth on some prospects the Canucks could take at the 15th overall pick. And why don't we see trade requests and hoopla in the NHL like we see in the NBA? It is Locked on Canucks, and it starts now. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me at Twitter at underscore process sports. Our show's Twitter account at Locked On Canucks. Also, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. As I mentioned, guys, Busy, busy weekend in the land of the Canuck line, excuse me, as the Canucks have re-signed Brock Besser. Now, it was interesting, tumultuous tumultuous reports about whether or not Besser uh, would be traded um, or would he take the $7.5 million qualifying offer. But Jim Rutherford and GM Patrick Alvin get the job done. They lock Besser in on a three-year deal. That is worth about $6.65 million per year, which if my math does serve me correct, all you mathematicians out there, it is, excuse me, uh, do my math right here. I believe it's um, $17 million? No, sorry, $19.95 million. Sorry, my math was off there. $19.95 million. Besser, of course, is coming off a year where... Um, it was difficult. You know, there was a lot of things he was dealing with on and off the ice. Uh, of course, with the health of his father, um, the, his late father who passed away. And then we all remember the emotional uh, press conference he had at the end of the year. But um, this is a W for the Vancouver Canucks and Patrick Alvin. Look, you had Besser at the qualifying offer of $7.5 million. You knew that was not, that was a bit too much for Brock Besser. But you wanted to keep him because he's still young. And there's still some talent there. But um, it was just about finding a compromise in that middle ground. And they did at 6.65, which I think is a good number for him. Three years uh, is a good term because it kind of allows Besser to still, uh, you know, prove it. They're not tied down to, uh, you know, a monster six-year, five, six-year deal where this could not uh, pan out. And Besser, you know, of course, with the family obligations and the family uh, stresses that was going on in his life, um, he had um, 23 goals for 46 points in 71 games. Um, his career low, um, given that you know he had 45 in 1920, uh, but that came in 14 fewer games. Um, after this extension, there's really no other big name free agents they have. Uh, they only have three million in cap space remaining. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they go proceed forward um, and make this work. Um, the biggest thing about this is now it's pretty much inevitable that JT Miller will get traded uh, this week. Um, it looks like JT Miller's time in Vancouver is going to be up. 
um, and that he is going to be moved potentially this week. And the Canucks, all reporters in the Canucks are waiting for a um, a offer that will knock their socks off, which um, they probably will receive because generally times during the teams get desperate, teams get antsy, teams um, are wanting to uh, make improvements on their roster um, going forward. Now, what does this mean for the Canucks and Besser? Look, Besser spoke uh, openly uh, about, you know, this dealing with all these challenges and how he has a lot to prove. Um, he interviewed Sportsnet and uh, he was talking about how um, he was just mentally exhausted and mentally drained and that um, he, it was very tough on him. And I could never imagine what it would be like going through the ordeal Besser went through um, where he felt like people were, you know, not people to me, where he felt probably he wishes he was in you know Minnesota with his parents, uh, spending the last time with his family, his father, excuse me, but we also understood the obligation he has career-wise. Um, and I thought it was very refreshing and very um, important that Besser spoke about the things that he was dealing with mentally. Um, we see athletes talk about... Um, mental health more now, whereas before it was considered a weakness, considered something you shouldn't talk about. And here you have a very prominent uh, young player, 25-year-old player in a hockey hotbed of Vancouver who, you know, decided to speak up and, you know, let the world know, like, hey, um, I'm dealing with a very difficult family matter. It's been very difficult for him. Um, and he said, he's like moving forward. He's taking things at a day at a time. Um, but he said he's, you know, really shifting his focus to hockey and he can't wait for the season to start. And now that the deal is done, um, he, he, he's ready. And he's, it's mentally different and he's exciting. Um, where, you know, last year, um, you know, he went through spells. You know, of course, like he scored five times in six games when Bruce Bruder took over. And then he scored once in eight games. And then um, he returned from his elbow injury, uh, injury excuse me, in August. And he was just unable to, he said, um, he wasn't able to be himself. And then, um, he, you know, I think Brock Besser, the reason I think Brock Besser, um, this year might be different is when you have something like that on the weight of your shoulders on you and it's just eating away you mentally and you feel confused and you feel that you don't know what you should do. Having that outlet, that source of things where you can, you know, get that closure, and I'm not saying he's getting closure on the passing of his father, which, you know, sticks with you forever. But having the ability, as he mentioned, to, uh, you know, turn that page and kind of get refocused, re-energized should be something very um, exciting for Canucks fans. Like he even said, he's like, he had 23 goals and he had the heaviest weight uh, on his shoulders. Um, and now he could play sort of not, he could play with a bit more freedom, uh, play with a bit more, you know, less of that, weight on his shoulders. He can just go out there and play hockey again um, and just, you know, return to potentially being the Brock Besser we all know where the talent is still there. Having a full offseason to train. There's no contract disputes. There's no nothing like that. There's no injury. He could train this whole offseason. He can get better, get stronger, build his body, um, regain his shot. Because remember, that, that that wrist injury kind of, you know, derailed that shot that we saw in his first couple of years that was so uh, amazing, such a great weapon for him. Um, now has the entire summer to no contract dispute, um, to just focus the next two months, just focus, work on his game, 
grow, get better, um, and come in, come to Vancouver in September ready to attack and regain a spot on the top line, whether that's with JT Miller and Elias Pettersson or Elias Pettersson and somebody else. Brock Besser has the ability to um, just att- just grow this game, just grow again and continue to build. And that's exciting for Canucks fans and that he has something to prove. Um, and I cannot wait for Brock Besser. But all in all, congratulations to Brock Besser um, and getting his uh, new three-year deal worth $19.95 million. Um, So that's all about Brock Besser. Great about um, his, you know... His family, not great, excuse me. Great about Brock Besser and his family. Excuse me, getting the deal done. Um, again, grieving an unfortunate loss. But um, as time moves on, Besser, you know, has spoken about how he's feeling ready and excited for the season to start. He's, you know, of course, dealt with a lot over the last year. So I cannot wait to see what Brock Besser does, comes back in September and how he feels. Um, but let's look at the Canucks aspect of this. And again, Another win for Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin doing the right thing, making the right move. I think, again, it's just another feather in their hat with the smart ability that they've done. A three-year deal. I guess he's 25, going to be 28, but you can move a lot. In three years' time, the Canucks will, of course, have a lot more cap space. And if Besser deserves his play warrants, another extension at that point, you can work on that. But here... It's kind of like another bridge slash prove me deal. Well, look, 6.65 is no money to sneeze at, but it's not that 7.5. So you get a little bit less than what you would have to pay him with a qualifying offer. Um, and he slots right back. 25 years old, has a potential to score 30 goals. Sold him on the fact that they want him to be a part of the organization. Um, the trade rumors were debunked, and it's a win. Jim Rutherford and Patrick, I mean, once again, have proven the fact that, hey, they know what they're doing. They're not handing out egregious contracts. Um I believe the last year of his deal is the only one that has a full no movement clause. So a win for the Canucks management, getting their, their guy at a number that's a bit more reasonable than the qualifying offer for a bit more term. Um, Cause as I mentioned before, if the Canucks had to qualify best for the next two years, that was about 15 million bucks over two years. Now they get him for three years at 19.95, which is a lot lower and it gives the Canucks an ability to lock another member of that core in. We all knew Besser was a part of the core. He's a part of the core that's locked in for the foreseeable future. The next big contract is Bo Horvat. We'll see what happens with JT Miller. Um, again, still some work to do with the likes of Jason Dickinson and Tanner Pearson's contract. See if you can get those off the books. Um, but the top six of this team is rounding up into shape. Um, and it's interesting to see how it's going to proceed forward uh, with or without JT Miller. Um, but again, a W for the Canucks, a W for Patrick Alvin, getting their guy on a decent term, decent price, all in all, a fair market value contract for Brock Besser. Um, and just another reason to build faith in Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin. So coming up after the break, it is the NHL draft this week where the Canucks hold the 15th overall pick. So I'm going to be going over uh, a player a day uh, until Thursday to see who the Canucks will pick. But first, as today's episode is brought to you by um, the fine folks at Bet Online, where Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. 
Bet online where the game starts. I also want to say that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check all of your sports and favorite events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite lockdown podcast even better this is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about lockdown podcast go to lockdownpodcast.com slash survey right now to get started it won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 100 ticket master gift cards to so take your audience survey go to lockdownpodcast.com slash survey thank you for your help so welcome back to locked on canucks the show that keeps you locked in of course we just went over brought to deal a three worth 19.95 million canucks get their galfine offer hit of 7.5 and now proceed to look forward to the draft where it's going to be busy and again this is going to be another watermark moment for jim rutherford and patrick i mean who hold the 15th overall pick but also have the biggest fish in the trade market in JT Miller. Are they going to hold on to them? Are they going to trade him? What are the Canucks going to do? Now, we don't have those answers yet, um, but as we can project forward to the draft coming up, uh, I'm going to be going over a couple prospects a day on who I believe the Canucks might take with that 15 overall pick if they stay there. Now, they could trade up. They could trade down. They could package that pickup with Miller for something else. Who knows? But assuming the Canucks stay at the 15th overall pick uh, every day for the next couple of days until draft, day, I'll give you one prospect of who I think the Canucks should go after. So today uh, we're going to go over, uh, go through Owen Pickering, a left-handed defenseman, uh, six foot five. Owen Pickering. Uh, he has a rare skill set of being a mobile puck handling defenseman for his size. Yeah, I've seen the tape. He's built like Tyler Myers, but skates a lot better than Tyler Myers. Um, he had 33 points in 65 games. He isn't offensively dominant like the other defenses we see in this draft, but uh, and he also has a little bit of turn. He also has some turnovers. But um, what I think about it, and the way I believe the Canucks should go about this is he's very raw. Right, but he has a high, high potential to be and develop into something very, um, that could be very prominent for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, he's the cousin of uh, Dayton, uh, a who's another potential target the Canucks can go after. But let's stick with um, Owen Pickering. When I look at it, and all the profiles I'm looking at, it is look, um, he's if he was a right-handed shot defense, he probably would be uh, a top 10 pick because right-hand defense, we know are absolutely imperative in the NHL right now. Um, uh, but I think like, you know, he could, you know, he's a 6'5", 179. He's probably going to get big. He's probably going to push him about 200 pounds, but a bit more than that to something when he fills into his body. Um, 
I like the skating. And I think that to me is the biggest thing. I love defensemen that can skate and move the puck. Um, I think turnovers you can work on. Turnovers are something that, you know, comes with time and age. With a lot of young players, they play recklessly, especially in junior hockey where, you know, their skill can get them so far. But as that hockey mind develops and as they get more reps in the NHL, I think that's something that they can develop on. And to me, skating uh, is critical. I think skating is the number one attribute you need uh, to be successful in the new NHL. When you look at all the great defensemen in the NHL right now, they all can skate the puck. McCars, the Headmans, the Foxes, uh, the Shabbats, whoever, name whoever you want. You need to be able to skate the puck and skate with the puck. And Owen Pickering can skate the puck. It can has mobile. Um, and I think that right there is a big key, especially for a defense core that, you know, doesn't have the most mobile guys. Yes, you know, we know Quinn Hughes is a great mobile defensive. Tyler Myers, not so much. Luke Shen, yeah, not the best. Um, Oliver Ekman Larson is getting older, older in age. Um, and it's, you know, the Canucks need more mobility on their back end. And I think a guy like Owen Pickering could be a great asset to get. Yes, he's very raw potential, but the potential is high. And I love the skating aspect of it. So uh, if I'm the Canucks, I'm definitely considering Owen Pickering uh, at the 15th overall selection. If we decide to, st- if, sorry, no, we, if they decide to stay uh, in that slot. Um, so that's our draft talk for the day. Now, Coming up after this break, I'm going to get into a little bit of my opinion side um, of the NHL. And why don't we see more trade requests uh, in the NHL like we see in the NBA, which has been lit on fire right now uh, with trade requests. But first, we have one final break, and then we will get right into that. So stick around for that. And welcome back to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. So if you haven't been listening in the sports world, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have both requested trades from the Brooklyn Nets. And you might be asking, why am I bringing this up in the hockey show? Well, I had an interesting debate with people. Why do trade requests, why excuse me, why are trade requests so prevalent in the NBA rather than the NHL? Now you see, you know, auto trade requests like Pierre-Luc Dubois basically said, hey, I'm not going to resign. Uh, in Winnipeg, I want to go to free agency. So uh, in more words or less, I'll stay, but then trade me. Well, I believe hockey culture still looks frowned upon player movement. Um, when players leave, especially the prominent superstar players, when they leave um, you know, their situations, unless it's absolutely horrendous or the team decides they want to move off you, the team asks you to move, um, you don't see it often. Like you look at the Canucks, for example. The JT Miller hasn't asked for a trade the Canucks want to trade JT Miller because they don't want to pay JT Miller. Um, player movement in the N- NBA um, is key. Players have now taken their right and done everything they possibly can to move around and do play where they want to play where they want to live and play where they want to play. In the NHL, it's still kind of that unknown thing, at least in my opinion, where hey, uh, you have to stay here. The team that drafted you, you know, you have to stay here. Uh, we want you to stay here unless it's an absolute disaster, a tire fire where, you know, you saw Jack Eichel want out of Buffalo where you couldn't blame him. Uh, but it's a bit different. And I think you're not going to see. Um, I wish there was more player movement in the NHL where players, star players uh, didn't sign those max eight year deals. I wish uh, the NBA, the NHL reduced the max deals to like the NBA has to a five year deal or four year. If you want to you know move to another team, because it creates more excitement. It makes teams 
more accountable on building contenders around their superstars where you see Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are locked in for eight years. Uh, the, 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 the Oilers know that, hey, like, you know, we have you for the time being. There's not really much you can do. Whereas if McDavid's had a four-year deal, then you're kind of, your your feet are put to the fire where you got to build a team um, around McDavid and try to win ASAP. So that was my thinking along that. Let me know what you guys think about why player movement and trade requests aren't as more aren't as prominent in the NHL um, than it is in the NBA. So that is that. Quick episode today on a Monday. Big news, of course, was Brock Besser is now back in the fold for a longer period of time. Three years, 19.95 million. So that is that. I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. Tomorrow, we will dive into another prospect who the Canucks should take. Uh, I want you to make uh, Locked On NHL uh, your next listen. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Guys, take care, stay safe, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.